Hey, 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 welcome to the couch. I'm your host, Rob Fields, and today we have a banger for you. Today I'm sitting with the founder of the Morrison Group Consulting Agency and also Emmy Award winning Stephen Morrison. I'm excited to get into the convo, but before we get into the episode, you know I have to give thanks. Thank you to all of you all for giving us your time. And also, thank you for giving us your ear. Continue to tell a friend to tell a friend about us. Okay, so you know how we do. We're going to take a break. And after the break, we'll sit with Steve and tell some stories. You're on the couch with Steve and Morrison and Rob Fields. And we'll be right back. All right, all right. Welcome back from the break. I told you all we would have an amazing episode for today, and you know I love a good introduction. Our guest for today, his journey takes me back to that Lloyd Banks album, The Hunger for More. The dictionary defines hunger as having a strong desire or having a craving for. Our guest today operates with a chip on his shoulder. And he's always hungry for another challenge. Our guest embodies hunger, but he's not missing any meals. So let's not get it twisted. We'll talk a little bit about that later. But ladies and gentlemen, what I want you to do is give big hand claps to a fellow Orangeburg native. The founder of Morrison Group Consulting Agency. And an Emmy Award winner. All right, give big hand claps to my man Steven Morrison. Yo, the intro fire, man. I feel like I don't even know what to say, dog. Like, um, I'm humbled and, and I certainly appreciate the opportunity to join your platform, number one, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's 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 an awkward, weird feeling hearing someone like amp you up and like just literally sit there. And <laughs> it's the, you know, hey. like somebody, especially it hits a little a little closer because it's, it's someone that you you've brought with from back home but look man i appreciate it but you know as, as much as i think i've accomplished or as much as i sometimes am reminded of some things that i've done that's that's wild i'm still a humble dude from 33 bro i just keep it quiet yes, and, you know what i'm saying i <laughs> keep it keep it simple dog but i appreciate it bro what's good rob base nothing much man how you doing today man i'm living bro it's sunday you know the sun is up Blessings are being, you know, coming in abundance. Rather, uh, I'm recuperating, dog. I just got off the road, so I'm I'm back at home. I'm, you know, came back to reality. This y'all work yesterday, and today is Sunday, so I'm gonna get my my workout going and cook a little dinner, man. So back back into the uh, to the normalcies of of good life in yeah. Charlotte. And and ladies and gentlemen, you you're you're listening to the audio right now, but. Uh, he has this nice shiny Emmy this thing right on his here, man. right side. I can right tell here, he shines man. that thing up every single day because it is beautiful. I give a little, <laughs> I give a little elbow rub, bro. This, this, <laughs> this right here, man. It, it means a lot, man. It means a lot simply because, um, you know, when you when you leave Orangeburg, right? You don't, um, you don't, you know, your wildest dreams are in front of you. You know, you you right. often, you often are told. Um, you know what you can't do when you leave the burg versus versus the possibilities that should be should be endless. You know people should tell you that anything is possible, 
regardless of where you're mm-hmm. from. But from the Berg to to go up 13 plus hours to Connecticut, you know, with tons of uncertainty. You know what I mean? I'm oh sure, yeah, I'm, we're sure, gonna, we're, I'm sure we're gonna get into all that. I'm sure we're we're gonna get into it. Yes, sir. But this yeah. this right here means a lot coming from where we started from and and where our roots are. Um, and to be one of one of few to have accomplished and, and won an Emmy, so I'm thankful. In the most challenging year to date, uh, for not just sports, but obviously for society, during the time where we were in a global pandemic. Yeah, for sure. And I, I was talking to Davey Rickenbacker um, on one of right. on, on our last episode, and I was telling Davey about his ability to break the algorithm. Yep. You know, he wasn't the only one. There were multiple people that. They just had a different feel on society. That they had a different feel in in regards to what they wanted to do in their lives, and you were also one of those guys. Like it's it's very easy to get caught into the mindset of a small community, right? And and Orangeburg is a pretty big city for South Carolina, but it's small, so a lot of people tend to get caught up in to one way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for people like yourself and, you know, Davey Rickenbacker and others, it's just something about our brains that just said, you know what, let's see what else is out there. Exactly. And it's not and it's not easy to do that because there's some failures that come along with it. Right. Yep. Yeah. So. So, Steve, I, when I when I bring my guest onto the show, I like to I like to hear a good story. OK. And for me, I think it's fitting for our guests to start from the beginning. Are you done with that? Let's do it. Let's do it. Perfect. All right. So tell me about young Steve. Mm. <laughs> young Steve. You know, young Steve wasn't actually young Steve. Let me let me tell this story as accurately as possible. Okay. If you know me and you really know me, you know that nobody really calls me Steven outside of like the scholastic world. Like you know what I'm saying? So right, 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 young, right, right. young, young Steve is actually young Corey, and and okay. so Corey, <laughs> Corey is my middle name, and my family, anybody that knows me in my church and my community, is Corey. It's when it gets okay. to it's when it gets to, to to grade school where it's like Stephen. <laughs> and still to yeah, this and, day, and like and we call you Steve Mo. Yeah, nobody so. <laughs> calls me Steven. So it's still when I hear that, it's like you really don't know him if you're calling me Steven. So whatever. All right, all right. So yeah. young, so young Corey um, was a very inquisitive, uh, big-headed little skinny guy running up and down the streets of Russell Street, um, often in the church on Sunday, Sunday school. My mom kept me grounded in those. Um, structured and good environments you know all the time and so if i wasn't uh doing or playing extracurricular activities in the community in the city you know um city league football um you know anything that's going on that's a positive influence out you know for extracurricular activities then you know i was sitting up at the house playing video games like every other kid in orangeburg man with summer days you know what i mean like i'm yeah i'm i'm eating I'm learning how to cook at a young age. I'm I'm eating uh the, all the PB and J's in the world. You know, I'm out. I'm yeah. I'm going fishing. You know, at a at a young age with my grandfather. Um, I'm enjoying the pastimes of being a young country boy growing up in the South. You know, and of course, yeah. you know, with that comes the cutting of grass and outside activities. Just learning, 
as much uh, knowledge as I could from my elder, my elder influences and my elder family members. And, and so, but young Corey was a, a guy that asked why a lot. I often, I like, anytime you, you said something, it was, so why? And, and it was like question after question after question. But as a young kid, you don't know that you could be real annoying to your older cousins and aunties mm-hmm. and uncles. You could be, yep. uh, you know, just, the the little brother of the group all the time, but when you're when you're that young, you don't know. You're just living in the moment. And and for me, it was uh, always asking the next question and like just paying attention, dog. Like just trying to be a sponge but, in every scenario I could be in. But that's amazing, and 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 it's a great start to a life of discovery. Yeah, you know, because you you you're asking questions, you're trying to understand. Hey, why is this happen for right. me? What what, what does this mean? And what happens is when you grow up to be an adult, you continue to have an open mind to different just sensations. And it just helps you on your on a path to success, especially if you have the work ethic. Yeah. To match that, right? Yeah, yeah. No. All right. Absolutely. All right. So Steve, I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell a story, right? All right. I'm gonna tell I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna tell you a story about the first time that I was introduced to you. Oh shit. Excuse me. Here we go. Let me let me let me Here clear my throat. And make uh, sure. <laughs> All right. So, in Orangeburg, South Carolina, um, we have a youth football league, and I played flag football, just like a lot of other people. A lot of yeah, a lot of other kids. We played flag football. Yeah. Which is you know non-contact, very light contact. You pull somebody's flag, play over. Right. I get old enough to make it to the tackle football league, and of course, everyone gets on the team. Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So I get on a team and we're in practice. This is one of the, this is like the early practice. And we do the Oklahoma drill. And for our listeners in Europe, you know, who don't know much, much about American football, the Oklahoma drill is a one-on-one drill, full contact, mano y mano is basically last man standing. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> In this particular day in practice, I get lined up with a player, a young guy. I, I mean, you you you're a year older than than I am, so you yeah. have been in tackle football one year. So they line me up with you. The coaches say, "What? We crash, boo, Steve!" Like I got my bell rung so hard, like, bro. You said that was me, bro. It was you, bro. <laughs> I don't know, dog. My, I, I, you rung my bell, and I woke up, and I was contemplating, like, do I really want to do? <laughs> like, dog, dog, look, I played, <laughs> I played on a couple city teams, bro, and and th- so okay, wow, I don't, even, I ain't gonna lie, bro. That's my introduction to you, and and see, the crazy thing is, I didn't even remember who hit me for many, many years. And I don't, I don't, I can't, re- I can't even remember who was on the team for back then because it was a long time ago. But yeah, they said, "Oh yeah, that, that was Steve." You remember that day when you and Steve? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that that yeah, you clean my clock. But what I'm, what I want to segue into is high school football. Like you were a high school football player. Yeah, yeah. And you know, before we get into the football, did you? Did I like to ask people this question because? My mom sat me down and made me 
create a list of things that I want to accomplish yeah. going into high school. Did you have anything like that set or were you just like, hey, I'm just going to get to the high school and we just going to see what happens? Well, I mean, it's a little bit of both. If I'm being, if I could, if I could be real honest, I mean, here, here's the thing. So <laughs> when I was in eighth grade, right, uh, I spent like 70% of my eighth grade year at home because I had, I broke my, my right um, meniscus. I tore my meniscus in my right knee. So I had to have knee, sur- mm. knee surgery, right? And mm. so this was um, this was at the at the end of uh, football season, eighth grade, playing for the city. Coach Scarborough is my coach. You know what I'm saying? Did it happen playing football? Yeah, it happened playing football. Okay. Shout, shout out, shout out to Coach uh, Coach Scarborough, and uh, you know, word to those good kids out in uh, Barnwell. We were playing out in Barnwell, and so um, mm. broke my leg. Caught the only touchdown that game. City League football. Our team wasn't that great, but uh, had a pretty decent quarterback and young Collins and some good other some good players individually. Be rich, guys like that. But uh, mm-hmm. tore my leg up on a fumble. So I get back to school. Had to have surgery. I'm bed. I'm on bed rest for like three or four months. That's the rest of the year. You know, football season in the city is over in like October, November. So like, Jeez, man. yeah, I, from December, January. Like I didn't get back to school probably until end of March in maybe early March. So um, from that point on, it was very quickly moving until the end of the year was there. When I got back, I was on crutches and stuff like that. So um, that's eighth grade. So going into ninth grade, my focus, not to be too long winded in that manner, but it was mm-hmm. to, to bounce back and make sure I could obviously go into ninth grade year playing football. But then, you know, scholastically, it was get my work done, find balance and the places in which I struggled because I was just doing learning uh, from a distance. Um, I wanted uh-huh. to make sure that I was able to close that gap, you know, in the English and in, in the math specifically uh, going from middle school to high school. So um, it was, right. it was a solid transition, you know, grades were always, you know, above average, but um, you know, with high school, you know, you have a lot of different variables that can get you, you know, going a number of ways as far as going from middle school yeah. to high school. You know, you got yeah. more of a social life. You got more uh, friends and different uh, from different backgrounds. You're exposed to yeah. a lot more. So, yeah. you know, I just wanted to make sure that I went in there and uh, was able to make it out. One, uh, not just physically, but, you know, from an educational standpoint, um, from the first day moving forward. So whatever that yeah. looked like, honestly, going into ninth grade, I couldn't tell you uh, that I had a strong blueprint. It was make the football team you know, get my work done and uh, find find my good circle of, of friends that, you know, I felt comfortable enough, uh, you know, growing with and, and, you know, moving through high school. So it was pretty good. Man, listen, you talk about your friend group and we'll we'll make reference to them later on yeah. in the show. The The episode that I had with Nick was, was named Friends and uh, Friends, how many of us have them? And in that episode, him and I, we were able to reflect on the importance of friendship. Yeah. Huge. And my friend, my friend group varied. Okay. So we had guys who were scholars. We had guys who were kind of in between. And then had a couple guys who were into some other things. Right. Right. But, but the, the general approach to friendship amongst all those guys from different backgrounds and different interests was empowerment. And it's like, listen, I'm going to make sure that I do my thing, make sure that I have my grace together. And if you're going to hang with us, 
I, I kind of expect you to do the same thing. And if school isn't your thing, just 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 keep empowerment in the circle. Right. You know, because every everyone, you know, they're not they're not school people. So it's like, let's just continue to raise the bar for each other, right. wherever your bar is. And, you know, the the crew of guys that, you know, you you rolled with, you know, during that time. Like I, you know, we, you know, we were all aligned. You know, we were all cool. But you know, I was peeping how you guys were getting down. I was like, man, yeah, that's the blueprint. Yeah, yeah. You know, everybody has to, you know, hold each other up. You know, because at some point in time, somebody's gonna fall and they're gonna need a crutch. Absolutely. So who's who's up next? Absolutely. I've I've, yeah. I've fallen many a times, and my dogs, to this day, you know, whether it doesn't matter how big or how small the fall is. You got to be able to be vulnerable in those in those spaces, and so yeah, you know the guys that I roll with, you know the, the inner core of them. You know I'm fortunate to say I've been riding with these guys since like second grade, dog. You know what I mean? Like so, like my Unreal. my core my core group of friends, like the guys that are that are not wildering and not changing. There's nothing we we can't accomplish to each with each other. There's nothing we can't check with, between each other. These guys I've known. You know, they, blood can't make us any closer. You know what I mean? Um, as I went throughout the high school space, you know, you become aligned with guys that are, like, to your point, uh, within the same wavelength. You know, you were either going to, yep. uh, you know, scholastically, you know, encourage and, and push each other up. Um, athletically, you know, we have some of the same values. And then also, yep. you know, uh, just mentally, your mentality, your your ability to, you know, improve and uplift the next man, regardless if that has a, um, uh, uh, educational vertical or af- or athletic vertical. So it's um, you know, any like-minded individual. There, you know, you have a lot of things that you align with, and then there are certain things where you differ. But that's why you guys are naturally uh, with each other to help you know balance that circle. And I feel like I have, yeah. I have a very good, strong balance from uh, good people I've, I've been with that you know in Orangeburg uh, from the community and. I mean, honestly, I mean, we still kind of, you know, wrap today, although everybody has their own life and things are going, um, everybody's going 100 miles per hour trying to, you know, accomplish their own personal goals. At the end of the day, when the opportunity presents itself, we still get together, we still chop it up and it's like we never left. You know, I got brothers, brothers, I got brothers out there like Aaron Hare is like a podiatrist right now, you know what I mean? Out in Florence, I got Matt Tom, who's an entrepreneur. I got, you know, my boy T Sweat, who's an entrepreneur. My boy Ralph Fred just got two Two of his, his movies that he worked on, he's worked on tons of movies. Two of them just dropped on the same day on HBO, HBO Max and, and Amazon Prime. You know, I got guys that are doing uh, great things, but, you know, sometimes it's just the tech. Shout out, sorry, shout out to you, Ralph. I got a story coming on, a, on another dog. episode for you, man. I already recorded it, man. I, it's a, I, got, a, I got you in there, Ralph. Well, go ahead, Steve. My sorry dog. to cut you off. Nah, you're good, man. But don't, those are my guys. You know, I got my boy, my boy Smitty, who's a, a, a very talented basketball coach and, and youth advisor and, and administrator out in the community in Columbia. So everybody everybody has a different role. You know, we could come together and throw a party or throw a cookout or a kickback and uh, shout out the proper kickback. Or we could do anything to where we're bringing people together to really just have a good time. And, and um, you know, my, my guys and my brothers, and we certainly keep each other motivated through and through. Yeah. And I, I yeah, we, we're going to talk about proper kickback, man. You know, we, we have to talk about that because... I was actually there for the annual event. We'll we'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, so so we kind of pushing forward through the story. Yeah. And you know we know about the importance of your social life and your friend circle. What did you learn 
from playing college football, and this is why I'm asking, not college football, uh, playing football at OW. This is why I'm asking. I'm asking because a lot of the things that we learn in sports are very transferable to the professional world. Yeah. So we're talking about work ethic. We're talking about accountability. We're talking about taking criticism. All of these things are transferable to what we're going to be doing away from the sport. So tell me what you learned just playing OW, Orangeburg Wilkinson football. It's so funny that you you, you asked that because um, I was watching another podcast. Uh, I don't know how I came across it. Fell into the hole in Facebook, and um, it was some clips from Woody on there. And Woody's my guy. And and Woody mm-hmm. Woody at the time when I was uh, a young kid, the legend. Yeah, obviously legend. Like legendary doesn't even. That's not even where you end uh, with Woody. Um, but he's what I grew up watching, and so. That was that was the standard, right? So I'm a young kid. I'm watching these guys and you know Orange and Maroon play this football game, and then there's then there's awareness as you get older to the legacy and the tradition. And you know, my man, I got uncles and family members that played on the team, uh, but then you you know you come across guys throughout the time of of uh, your youth that you, that brings you back together. Like you know, like you said, you, we had city league football together, and then there are other guys yep. that I played city league football and I've always competed against. And mm-hmm. 90, 80 to ninety percent of the time, chance you're going to come to OW together, and if we're in the same age group, we're going to play together. Or yep. uh, so uh, it was. It was challenging because I only had um, city league sports. I didn't have like a, a football team at my middle school, so I felt like I was uh, kind of like behind a lot of the guys that were coming into the program from the summer prior to, uh, mm-hmm. just yeah. just because of the. The program was instilled in middle school. So for me, playing football in high school was, you know, defeating the odds when everything against you is is stacked not in your favor. Um, find, you know, knowing your role and, and, and doing your job well and focusing on your role for the greater good of the team. Uh, being a listening ear to your teammates. Everybody has a different background. Everybody has different problems. Being able to listen as, as much as, um, you know, listening is a, is a huge part of leadership. So like, um, yeah. you know, hearing that, you know, whether it be a guy that may not have a ride to practice, you know what I'm saying? But you hear you hear him out and you see what they got going on. And then like, you're like, you build a bond, like, Yo, I'll pick you up or I'll take you home every, you know, whatever, oh, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. those type of things being, um, being willing to be a team, a total team player, uh, that type of stuff is invaluable as you go through. Um, and I want to say that type of stuff. Those type of qualities are invaluable as you go through the walks of early stages of life and you kind of adapt it to, to the workforce, you know, and, and things of that nature. So for me, playing, playing on OW was obviously an honor. Um, and, and it's a, a certain level of tradition that you, you want to uphold, you know, it's, it's creating and living through your own stories. Um, and then building relationships in, in high school and, and cultivating them, uh, so that you're, you're at a place where, you know, you want to fight for the guy to your right and to your left in order to achieve that goal. And to this day, like I get together with some of the guys I play ball with and we're laughing about things that happen uh, freshman year, sophomore year. Um, yeah. And we still yeah. have, you know, we've been in each other weddings. We, we, some of us have vacation together. Um, so those bonds and those memories you created, you know, early on in high school, you don't know at the time that they're going to live with you throughout your life. Um, yeah. You know, obviously you, you're creating memories, but you just don't know how, you know, when you're in that moment, when you're in the trenches, when you're crabbing, when you're competing, when you're practicing, when you're lifting weights, 
how those memories can come back and affect you right now. And, and for me, those qualities that I mentioned earlier, along with uh, just keeping your head when there's chaos around you, those are the type of uh, qualities. That's, that's a big one. That's a huge one. Not that one, bro. Because that applies to life, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when your life is in, in shambles, yeah. like how, you know, how, how can you center yourself? Yeah. And and just kind of find your way. Yeah. You know, it's 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 all about the preparation. It's it's all about having poise. You know, it's a number of different things that come into play, especially when you, you know, you playing football, you playing basketball, you playing tennis. You know, you you your mind has to be warped in a way yeah. that you you can't succumb, or at least you you're more trained not to succumb to right. chaos. Right. Right. No, your head your head has to be as stable as possible. And in the game of football, 4A football, predominantly black uh, high school, uh, one of the biggest high schools during our time, we were 4A. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, we came out of the big 16 and went into the uh, 4A division two, whatever they called it back then. But either way, we were competing at the highest level with some of the best athletes in the state. And when you're practicing and, and grueling, you know, two two times a day in the summertime, Sometimes three times a day in the summertime. I don't even know if that was legal, but uh, were you <laughs> were you were you practicing like that? <laughs> and, Listen, man, that's actually one of the reasons why uh, I stopped playing football, Steve. You know, I, I had a short stint in high school, dog. and then uh, we played uh, White Knoll one night, and it was like the ice bowl. We had a ball; it was fun, but I think at that moment I said, "You know what? I'm gonna go back into the gym and." Uh, <laughs> Well, you know what's you know what's funny, Rob. So I can't I can honestly sit here and say I don't remember going head to head with you like that in middle school. I mean, uh, it had to be middle elementary and middle school. But I will mm-hmm. say one thing I will not forget, dog. So I now now let me tell a story. Can I tell a story for a second? Please, the floor is yours, please, my brother. Please allow me to tell a story <laughs> right quick. Now, when you reached out, he's like, yo, dog, join the pod. I was like, man, okay. Uh, like I said, I'm thinking, like, what kind of stories can I tell on this podcast, man? So I remember you playing football. probably your sophomore yeah. year, right? So, you know, uh, yeah. look, 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 look. If it wasn't sophomore year, it probably was your freshman year, my sophomore year. It was ninth grade. Okay. It, yeah, so, it was your 10th grade year. So, okay, but, okay. So I know sophomore stuck out to me. Okay, so my 10th grade year, right? So I'm trying to – I'm coming into practice. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to – trying to make a name for myself, trying to separate from the what I thought was a just a regular B team freshman year, mediocre, start behind the curve type of deal. So I'm trying to, you know, between my ninth grade and my 10th grade year, physically for me was probably, it's going to sound crazy, it's probably the biggest leap I had, like physically, because I was okay. trying to overcompensate in the weight room for my knee injury I had in eighth grade. And okay. it was the first time I was exposed to going into a gym and having access to weights, you know, Right, all, right, whatever. Right, right, right. So I spent a lot of time. That was the Coach Brown thing. Like you gonna lift, you know, you gonna get, you gonna be strong, right? Um, so I'll never forget this dog. I think it was like uh, spring practice. I believe we had shells yeah. on. We had shells on, and Rob, you were a receiver, and I think you were probably in the slot because I was playing corner, and I know I was lined up on the left side. So either I was in the slot or I was wide out left. But I do remember uh-huh. covering you, and I do remember. I'm um, not sure who your quarterback was, but 
but you hit me with a double move. But you know, we were young, so it was like a start, stop and go. You know, yeah. If, uh, if I'm in the slot, I, I kind of know the play. Like it was probably like an out and up or something like that. Little like wheel a, right. I didn't bother. I didn't bother yeah. nothing underneath. I came over top, but I was being nosy, looking in the backfield, and I looked up at the ball, <laughs> and I looked up at it, and I went to contest the, the catch, and I'm like, "Who's this freak of an athlete, young kid, come?" <laughs> And and it was like, bro, it, I remember like it was yesterday. It was like you went up and it, we, my hands were here. You just took it right there. And then you came down. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, like, do it again, dog. Do it. <laughs> I was so sorry, bro. I was like, oh, you know, I was like, listen, man. Uh, here I am trying to be the big time sophomore. Freshman kid come up. Out athletic me. I, I didn't even know. Like I knew the mystique of Rob. Rob could dunk in eighth grade. Or Rob is Rob yeah. an athletic freak. But I'm like, man, ain't nobody about to come out here and outdo me. Not no freshman. I know we're doing like uh, ones versus twos or something like that. I don't know what it was. But I remember getting yeah. beat, bro. And let me tell you something about the corner. Everybody says, if you play corner, you should have a short memory. But nah, bro. I remember the. I can remember vividly like probably three or four big plays that have never like escaped my memory throughout high school. And that was yeah. that was one of them. So you got me back, dog. You you definitely. Hey, li- hey, hey listen. In my short uh, football high school football career, I appreciate that story, and I'm and I remember that game. And I, you know, I I was pretty successful. And to for me, I'm not even gonna lie because I had done it with basketball. I, I skipped B team, and I was and I went to play JV in basketball. Mm-hmm. I, I was trying to do the same thing in football, but I don't, I don't think a lot of people know this. I, I think all of the coaches were in cahoots because they were like, "Nah, fam." They, I don't. I don't even think any of, especially none of my basketball coaches. They didn't even want me to play football. No, not at all. The once once you they once didn't you're, want me to you're, play. Once you're at that level, they're like, "Nah, bro, we don't got time for you over here. Like, we could be developing you, and we don't need you to like risk breaking or hurting any limbs while you are clearly <laughs> a, yeah. a talented basketball player." They want. They want to do that. I knew the fix was in when I, I went to one of the coaches because I I, I played quarterback kind of coming up. Yeah. And, you know, I, I always had a, a pretty high Q. Right. I mean, excuse me, a pretty high IQ. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I felt like I was made for the quarterback position. And I went and asked one of the coaches on the team, like, man, you know, I'm at receiver. Right. You know, I can go help at quarterback, you know, if you guys want to. And the coach told me straight up, I forgot his name, man. Cool dude. He was like, "Do you see what that quarterback is going through <laughs> every single play? It's like hype, boo! He's getting hit." Right. And that coach was like, "You, you want that to be you, son? Do you want that to be you?" And I was like, "I just want to help the team." He was like, "Go, go over there and and run these routes, all right?" <laughs> and, and after that, I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna just hoop, man." Right, you know, I mean, I didn't take it personal, you know, because he was actually trying to help me, right? I mean, Rob, you but uh, I think it, I think it worked out, bro. I, I think you are. I, I think uh, so. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. I ain't tripping. I'm not tripping. I'm not <laughs> tripping, man. All right, Steve. So we kind of pushing forward through the story, man. Yeah. Um So graduation is approaching. Yeah. What's in your head? Do you have multiple options? Do you know exactly what you want to do? Like, what what's happening as grad high school graduation is approaching? Man. Um. So talk about coming into freshman year and not having as solid of a plan. I would say my junior to my senior year is where I really figured it out. And uh, did you want to play college football? 
No, you know, um, I had no, I didn't really have much of a desire to break, to play college football. It's partially because where I was going, uh, where, you know, I, I, let's, let's call it what it is. Like high school football and football in general, I was good, decent. You know, I played, yeah, started yeah. all that stuff, but like I knew it wasn't, um, it wasn't something that was going to, you know, carry me into a, a different career. Like I knew I wasn't NFL, obviously pro ball, you know, bound. And I didn't think that college was for me either, simply because of uh, the physical toll and, and the inability to really hone in on my skills at that higher level to compete with. Yeah, you had already had a pretty tough injury. Yeah, that, early that, on, you know what I mean. That part too is like, do I really want to put myself through this? And honestly, it might have been those two, three days that, like, you know what, I'm good. And but yeah. now, nah, seriously, coach, one of my coaches went a long way to get me out there on the field um, at North Carolina when I on that side I was going to go to A and T. Uh, coach Sistrunk, Lord rest his soul, and uh, he was uh, yeah. doing a great job uh, getting me in touch with some people out there at A and T. And uh, I just told him one day, I was working at the mall at the time. I was like, man, sis, I don't think I'm going to pursue it, dog. I'm going to try to get up there my freshman year, see how I adjust, and then maybe I'll see. But uh, I didn't I didn't make the incorrect choice because during my time at the great North Carolina A&T, we were not that uh, – North Carolina A&T. Can, yeah. I, can I tell a story about A&T? Well, so, first good. of all, yeah, man, I talked to uh, Davey Rickenbacker about this as well. Both of us were trying to get into A&T. He had an opportunity to get in. I didn't, but I really wanted to go. This is when I knew, I mean, Catawba I, treated me very well. You know, I'm very happy with my time at Catawba. Right. But I remember the first time that I came to A&T to see you, to see you guys, um, you know, my friend, uh, Zach Thomas, yeah. ZT. Yeah, yeah. He was at, he would, he picked, he, he was at Winthrop. He drove up to Salisbury, snatched me up in his car. Yeah. And we drove to Greensboro for homecoming. And Jiho. Yeah, I don't know what to expect at the time. And this is undergrad uh homecoming, yeah. by the way. So you know it's, it's different. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh we get up to Greensboro and I don't know what to expect. At that time, you know, I'm a pretty chill guy. You know, I ain't going too crazy. But what I will I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into details about the party, but what I will say. Is that house party was amazing. Oh, yeah. And it went all night. I think we went to bed when the sun came up. We slept for an hour and ZT and I, we had to go back because I had practice or something like that. But at that moment in time, Steve, I think I might have said to myself, Yeah, I'm glad I ain't here. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so so let me so let me so let me uh before I comment on that, I'm before I'm gonna fully answer your questions. I, I definitely danced around it. Um so Leaving high school, I knew I wanted to go to A&T because I was involved in the uh, in the yearbook staff at uh, OW. So I was into like writing for the sports section of the paper. Oh wow! You know, all, okay. all that okay. stuff, Miss Spellers. Like yeah. I, I was exposed to that. Uh, like probably since my junior first semester, junior year through my senior year. So what I've dis- discovered, my love and enjoyment from like writing for the paper and designing that type of stuff and doing all that, I was like, well, shit. Excuse me. I said I, I should uh, approach. Uh, <laughs> He's fine. <laughs> I was like, yo, I, I should I should look into some schools and make sure I'm applying somewhere that has a strong 
journalism uh, program. And so actually Winthrop was one of the colleges that I got accepted to, but I decided obviously not to go. Um, obviously South Carolina State, Claflin, they all had, you know, decent journalism programs, but it was when I visited North Carolina A&T uh, during their university day in the spring um, of my junior year was when I was like, okay, this is where I want to be. Like I just saw the energy, the family, the aura, the the pride of being an Aggie, uh, what that university looked like then, and uh, all the energy that I experienced throughout that weekend, it was a no-brainer. Um, so I applied to A&T. You know, I applied to other schools, obviously, but by the time it's time to graduate, uh, you know, it was two things I was focused on at the time. That was uh, finding and creating a relationship with my with my dad before I left South Carolina. And then, okay. and then going into um, going into college uh, with the understanding that I'm going to pursue a certain dream. And then my big goal, you know, my big goal was I'm going to leave college and I'm going to work at work at ESPN one day uh, in the journalism world. So those were my uh, those are my two goals upon uh, entering uh, graduation season for high school. And you know, the first goal was you know, it's a, I checked the box. It's cool. It happened. The second goal definitely happened. And so I'm I'm thankful to have gotten into A&T and, uh, you know, set myself up for, you know, long term success and long term life term lifelong, excuse me, friends from the time. OK, so, Steve, this is an awesome segue because you you said you you said you wanted to work for ESPN way back. Yeah. OK, so. This is a great segue to where we're going. So you're in college, you're at a and life's good, you're building relationships. What, what Was ESPN the first option coming out of college? Like, tell, tell, tell no. me your story. Tell me how you go from Stephen Morrison, Lil' Corey, to <laughs> right. ESPN. Like, they, they, what, what's happening in that period of time leading up to graduation um, and- yeah. Going to ESPN. Yeah, so it was a lot actually. It's not as uh not as simple as it as it sounds. Uh so in college I was working at came to college working at Belt, you know, department store or whatever. Left that department store and I had an opportunity to level up my sales or retail experience into the cell phone world. And so I started working at Verizon Wireless um in Greensboro. And so from like oh, you were definitely until, my liaison at Verizon. I was, I was, yeah. I, 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 there were a couple of times that I was like, "Yo, Steve, you know, asking yeah, questions." Be, <laughs> <laughs> got some stuff. Hey, look, you and everybody else, man, it was a good time. Um, I got in there when you know the BlackBerry was at the peak, and then the iPhone came into the world, and then nothing was the same, right? So, yep. Um, I was there, you know, at Verizon from oh seven until early twenty ten, and for the most part. Uh, that carried me through college. And so while I was doing that, obviously I still had uh, certain, you know, things to do within my major to accomplish, you know, your degree. And one of which was having an internship at a, at a local news station. And so that was my first taste of real live broadcast news. And I'm talking like, this is my, uh, going into my senior year, my junior year, going into my senior year. And so that was a great experience. And uh, I had joined and I was fortunate enough to go to this NABJ, the National Association of Black Journalists, right, right. Journalist Conference. 
And so this was the Unity Conference that was happening in Chicago. And, um, you know, there's where I was able to network with a, a lot of people from ESPN, from other networks um, as well, as I get ready to embark into the, into the uh, professional postgraduate, you know, space. Yeah. And so going to Chicago gave me a lot of opportunities, like I said, to network and to kind of put my name out there. And, you know, I settled on some of those contacts for a year. Uh, and so when I, when I leave college and we graduate, I, I take a new job with Verizon. I'm able to transfer, step, you know, get promoted. You know, and you got a degree now, your assistant manager. Right. And then you go and went into a store manager role out in Eastern North Carolina. And, uh, you know, that was great. And it, it was good money. You're talking 2009. I'm, I'm living at the beach. I'm 21 years old. Like I'm, I'm making the most money I've made in my life, and I'm, and and I was not happy at all. Wow. Right. Like I just, I, I, wow. <laughs> I was uh, at a crossroads uh, professionally uh, at a very young age, but I'm like, am I going to do? Is this what I want to do for the rest of my life? Like, is is this it? That's big. You know, I'm managing. I'm man. I, yeah, because you know, I'm I'm in a tough spot. I'm managing people, some of which are old enough to be my parents. Um, and there's resistance there that I got to go and turn over a staff and then hire new people. And then there's resistance there. And then, so I'm also chasing these numbers, uh, for sales. I'm like, you know, this was great, but is it, is it really what I want to do long term? And I, you know, this is not, um, I didn't, I just didn't want to get out of, get too comfortable with the money. And then to the point where you stuck, I have out aged myself yeah. back from getting into the business. And so, you know, what happened was uh, I, I really just took a risk and I, I did a, you know, a cold, cold email on one of those cards I had from the NABJ conference. And uh, while it was not received that well, uh, <laughs> I, it was able to actually uh, help me throughout the process. It kind of gave me a, uh, a knockoff of my pedestal, so to speak. You know, you think you're, you think you're going to be- Did some confidence come with that? You know, like just- Yes. Because it's, it's something about- having a task that you really don't want to do and you just especially kind of putting yourself out there in a cold email and oh yeah you know when you do it even if it's not received well it's just like i took the risk i did it what 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 what, how does the saying go how did michael jordan say it you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't don't take. take right and you, you know, hey, you you didn't let the. If if it's one thing I do well, Rob, I will take a shot in the dark, dog. I don't care. I am a risk taker. I will. It's it's the it's the foundation of everything that has happened to this point in my career. To be honest with you, and it's all it's all going to make sense. It's all going to make a little a little sense as we continue to uncover. But you know, like I said, it was. Uh, you know, I I got on Twitter one night. And, uh, you know, back then Twitter was a comedy zone, you know, people getting tweets off, yeah. no verification. People just, you know, you kind of react and we all watching something together. And, uh, a recruiter found me on Twitter. We built a relationship. Turns out she was at the unity conference, but we didn't spend a lot of time together. And I kind of started piecing my, my story together. Like, Hey, I sent the blind email here and nothing really happened. Uh-huh. That was like a couple months ago. And now here I am looking to take a risk and get into the to the business that I ultimately went to school for and what was my ultimate goal was to, was to get here. And by the way, while at a and had I had an internship opportunity with ESPN uh, before I went to this journalism conference. Didn't get the internship because I didn't know enough about 
baseball scoring. Okay, like, so I, what's I, I, what's the story behind you know, that? You didn't know uh, you didn't money. know enough about baseball. Didn't know nothing about baseball. I, so I I knew enough about I thought I knew enough about baseball, but the questions that they asked me at the time were really really baseball intense, and so it was like. Um, they wanted me to name like a five, three, two double play. Yeah. So the ball goes out to right field, it's a can of corn, yep. he throws it to first and they throw it. Like, so what happened? Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and so, uh, I'm just sitting there like, wait a minute, say that again. <laughs> so, it, 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 excuse so, me. Uh. <laughs> right. Uh, can of corn, right field. What? Um, so, um, you know, it, it, uh, there was some, a steep competition for the internship and unfortunately, you know, I didn't get it. But what's funny, the guy that interviewed me for that internship, I never forgot his name. Um, when I first started working there uh, as a uh, as a production assistant, I definitely re- uh, went over and, you know, pulled him to the side. I was like, hey, man, you probably don't remember this. And I know you talked to a lot of people, but you interviewed me for an internship a year and a half ago. At this point, it was about a year and a half ago. Right. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't get it because I didn't know enough about baseball. And I was like, from that moment forward, I did nothing but study baseball. So, and, and I get it. I, you know, I, I didn't understood it then, but I said, if I ever came back in front of ESPN, I'm not going to let baseball be the reason why I'm not going to get an opportunity to work there. And, but, you know, it's the longest running sport and it's what they cover day in and day out. Yep. And for the, in, and for the interns and the production assistants, you're going to be screening baseball games, like more than you ever screen anything before in, your in the life. down season so, of football and basketball, you know, when the teams are in spring training and OTAs and stuff, baseball is full yeah. swing. Exactly. Exactly. And so we had a lot of rights to baseball and even a lot of, you know, partner broadcast, you know, agreements as well. So it was like, it was ine- inevitable. Um, so I look, I learned the game and that was a funny story then, but uh, it, it opened up my eyes early. And so, you know, that coupled with, you know, missing the internship coupled with not getting an answer on the cold email that I thought I, you know, did a very good job of introducing myself to, you know, finding someone in the social space that, you know, re- you know, remembered, uh, at least remembered seeing me or interact with the group of students I was with from ANT during that Unity conference, but uh, saw enough in me to build a relationship. So it took another year for us, you know, to cultivate this relationship. So now it's 2011. And so this is where, you know, I was able to grace the doors or the uh, campus of ESPN, rather, in, in June 6th of 2011. So it took about a, a strong two years to get there, but it was like a very touch-and-go scenario. Man, imagine, Steve, if you took them not answering your emails or if you took that, you know, those baseball questions personally and you allowed it to make you sour on the business. You know, just imagine – what could have happened had you approached it that way? What you did nah, was you Rob, got the information Rob, and you just, you ate it. You were like, nah, I need to get better. But it, it goes back to what we talked about, <clears throat> the high school stuff, man. This is this is what the, this is where yes, sir. it all, that that's the foundation of it. Yep. You know, like you've been told you can't do something. You, you're being uh, mentally and physically challenged. Yep. Okay, so this is my set. These are the cards I'm dealt. Let me just, let me go back to the drawing board. Let uh-huh. me let me write a plan. Let me go, I'm, let me write a plan. Look, I'm a huge whiteboarder. I'm, I got a whiteboard sitting right here with my whole weekend in front of me. So let me go back to the whiteboard. Let me let me let me see where I, I failed, and let me make sure I don't fail there again. Or let me connect Oof. more dots. Let me expand. Let me expand the lines on the web so I can make sure that I've, I'm making enough connections to pretty much make that other person that I'm dealing with feel like 
they are doing themselves a disservice that they don't, right. you know, want to have engage a conversation with me. So, look, I can't let that you can't let that stuff throughout life affect you because people are going to tell you no all the time. Yep. You got to be hungry and focused enough to swerve past the no and go get the yes that you want. Oh, man, well, I love things, that. All things, all things working in your favor. Of course. To go get, to go get, to go get the yes that you want. And, and see, man, that's why I love to do this show because, uh, you know, for me, I'm not quite where I want to be post-basketball. However, I love to talk to people who are on the they're, – they're further down the road. I love speaking with people who have gone through the ups and downs and they got, they've gotten the nose because I'm in that process now. I'm coming from being a professional basketball player 12 years to now jumping into yep. a lane where – I'm podcasting. I'm creating content. You know, people are going to yep. – I'm probably going to get some no's where people are like, well, you don't have enough experience. Well, you know, I'm going back to the drawing board. I'm going to continue to work. I'm going to continue to sharpen my craft. And you are one of those people who have experienced it. You know, of course, you got to – you know, you did it earlier. But for me, like, to hear this story, like, I love this, man. Like, I, I really enjoy hearing the, these stories. So, Steve, let me – so we're going to push forward. So mm-hmm. you leave college. You get the opportunity mm-hmm. to get the ESPN. What's your feeling walking on the campus for that first time? Are you feeling like I did it? Or is there something else, you know, kind of brewing in your mind? Like what's your approach going into ESPN? Nah, honestly, man, it's it's a very similar approach to uh how it was when I when I when I felt or what I felt when I stepped on that football field. Like everything was stacked against me. I'm I'm not supposed to be here. You know, this is this is this is um Life changing, yeah. You know, so my my shoulders are heavy because I'm I'm now walking through a campus and I'm walking through a space where I'm representing everybody from my community that invested in me. Yep. You know, everybody from my family that 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 kept me on the straight and narrow. Yeah. Um. You know, my entire uh my my friend circle, the people I left behind, the people that I um that I worked with for so long. And it would, in any capacity, whether it be school or you know Verizon, everybody that has poured into me in some way, I'm representing them. And so my first day on that campus, my eyes were wide, my mouth, my my, my smile was permanent. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, it was like I just I couldn't believe that I was there because the process was so different back then of getting hired. Like it was literally two very strong phone calls and here's an here's an offer in the mail here's an offer in email and then you're like accept the offer and you get these other phone calls and then next thing you know i'm packing up my car and i'm moving up there so when i'm there it's like everything just went from zero to a a thousand really quick you know what i mean it's it's you know i don't even know you know what's the appropriate address for real it's my rookie camp so like i'm just going there with like you know business casual trying to shake as many hands as possible and not 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 stand out too much but honestly man it was it was my head was in the clouds for a while and of course once i got once i got into it and i realized what the job entailed uh, i found my way rather quickly and, and the rest is history but did you all right so let me ask you this question which is you know related to you getting into espn and finding your footing did you have a mentor or a number of people who kind of took you under their wing and said, all right, Steve, this is what we're doing. Yeah. So early on, I had some people that I could lean into like that. Um, 
surprisingly though, it took me a while to find people that were really uh, strongly influential into my early career success. Um, but it did, it did happen. And it probably happened like probably month number nine. I know it was after my seven, my first initial seven months because my management changed and I kind of, people start to know my name at that point, you know, but it's, it's really hard to also get noticed at ESPN because it's such a strong revolving door at the grass level, at the grassroots level, the entry level. Right, right, so, right. They, they probably see a lot, a ton of people come in they and see out. A ton, a ton of people, dog. And they last, some people last two, three months. You know, that, that winter hit you in Connecticut, then, you know, everybody, you know, out of here. can't be moving from Florida to Connecticut. Yeah, so, um, but, you know, nah, close to my, end of my first year, um, I had a really good manager, uh, two of them actually. Uh, one, uh, you know, her name was actually Amina Hussein. She was amazing early on. She kept it 100 me early on. And then uh, I would say going into my second year, my biggest mentor was my was my director at the time. And she's we're actually still doing business together right now. So awesome. um, it's uh, it took a while to find the, the type of energy um, that would align with my with my you know work ethic. And uh, the leadership that I was I was particularly looking for, but once I found it, I knew exactly what it looked like. So, you know, there are other people that played a huge role in my development. But as far as like mentorship, somebody I would go to and say, "How do I, um, you know, structure my career plan to make sure I'm not falling into a, you know, a three or four year trap to where I'm not being as progressive or productive as I should?" And so, Amina, Lisa, my boy Omar. Um, you know, a lot of other folks in the talent space really helped develop me in that manner. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, the reason why I asked that question is because for all of us, where it doesn't matter where our professional lives go, we need someone to help us show, you know, to help show us the ropes. And, right. you know, we could be the most prepared people ever. There, There's nuance to success at times. There's certain things that you just need to know. It's not about a book all the right. time. There's there's certain right. things that you need to say. There's certain people you need to talk to. You know, yep. that's the reason why I asked that question, you know, because ESPN is huge. And like, like you said, it's not a very big, you know, turnover. You know, there are a lot of people coming in and coming out, you know, especially on the bottom yeah. level. And for you starting, yeah. it's a revolving door, uh, excuse me, of a re revolving door for a lot of people. So I'm going to pivot to this, right? And okay. this is something that I, I'm, I'm always interested to hear because I've had some experiences, but you know, you, you've had a ton. So tell me about your most exciting memory at ESPN, because you've been around, you've been to many different events. You've been around many different people. What are, what is one, or if you want to share more, I mean, the floor is yours, but you know, what, what, what's, what's some of those moments that, that you experienced that you said, wow. Man, um, that's a tough one to answer. Mm. Uh, I think, okay, I think there was a time in like 2013, maybe 2014, I think it was around NBA All-Star. Um, I was 
I was tasked with uh, planning a full day of media with Magic Johnson. The Magic Man. And the Magic Man. And I think, and I'm pretty sure it was around that time because he was doing a tour at different um, universities uh, for Black History Month. And he had either just left South Carolina State or he was going, he had just left Orangeburg or he was going to Orangeburg. I think he had just left Orangeburg. I remember that time. That was, that was a yeah, real big yeah. deal. Yeah, it was a huge deal. That's that, yeah. So it's funny how it aligned because I, I want to say he had just left because I had just read the TND and I'm running through my notes and my planning schedule of his uh, of his media day. And uh, you know when we get together within the first few minutes, I was like, man, you just left my backyard. Uh, you just left Orangeburg, and then immediately we just had a, like a a five ten minute conversation, not related to anything ESPN, but about the city of the Berg and what he, you know, what he thought was a, a place that had a lot of opportunity. And, you know, some of the names that he mentioned that he dealt with while he was there that, you know, resonated with me because being a community guy, um, that really made him comfortable and made him feel like he had knew someone more than just meeting him for the first five, 10 minutes. Right, right. And while he, while he did, you know, work at ESPN before, there was some comfort there, but it's always different when you leave and you come back and you got to do this day full of media and, you know, we got to go to these different studios and have all these different conversations and meetings and lunches in between. At that, from that moment, for me having that conversation early on, it totally changed the dynamic of our, of our time spent. And so it was um, a very, very good day. And I think it was the day where I really realized I was good at my job in that aspect, like of just knowing and doing my research and making people feel comfortable and, and getting the best of the best athletes to showcase across the platforms. It made me realize that, okay, I could settle down a little bit. Because again, for me, it's, this is early on in my talent production career. This mm-hmm. is like my first initial year in this role, you know, permanently, no longer moonlighting or nothing. And so... I'm just like, okay, I might have a little future in this. And so time went on. I think my next biggest um, or, or most memorable moment was uh, doing the first national championship, spending time in the VIP area. And, you know, I think the first one was in Arlington. So this is Ohio State and Oregon. Ooh, way. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, I can imagine what it's like to mix and mingle uh, in, in, in that environment oh it's different you know it's it's, it's totally different because it's a it's it's an acceptance thing if you're in that room mm-hmm. you're in that room for a reason yeah. so yeah. people are a little yeah. bit more likely to yeah. interact with you. you get a you get a conversation with everybody come everybody want to know your story man and uh you know the business is small and so what i realized early on is that um while these spaces are very unique and these, you know, national championship here, women's final four there, uh, NFL draft here, first take on the road there, the rooms are relatively very similar. The, the, the VIP experiences are, are very similar. So if you do good business and your name continues to pick up steam and equity, the people that are in those rooms that are not, you know, at ESPN, but they're in the marketplace, they're going to know who you are. And then, that 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 avenue and that communication lane just gets wider and more fluid and more fluid, and before you know it, you've established yourself as a very sought after person yeah. because they know that you do good business and you're in the room and you make things happen. And so that's what I learned early was that being in those VIP rooms, one, rub the right elbow, shake hands, and kiss enough babies. But two, um, and not to sound too cliche, but two, 
you know, make sure you, you actually master the art of the follow-up. You know, don't just leave the conversation at the party. Like, follow-up. Okay, and then right, have right. to follow-up with. Yeah, that's and game right there. That's what separated me a little bit as far as that's concerned. And once I figured that out, you can't keep me out of New York City. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. Uh, yeah, taking I'm taking here. my bite out of the apple. <laughs> Look, this is where all the networking happened, right? So at that point, I was like, let me just go to the city because that it's not Connecticut is where it's happening. It's as much time I can spend in the city in the industry and you know with the right people, then I can separate myself from everybody else that I'm working with. Not that we're competing that hard or that strongly, but we are in a sense. And I can just kind of make my own name in the marketplace. And so that's what I did. And and uh and like I said, that Magic Johnson moment gave me the assurance that I could do this job and then networking. I just started winging it and coming up with my own methodologies that work and stayed stayed forward. Listen, Steve, I've I've seen you capture a room. And you know, to be honest with you, I think for a, a, a long time in my own situation, I don't feel like I networked enough. You know, and it and it's not because it's not that I had an, an ego. It's more about shooting that shot. You know, I didn't yeah. I, I didn't want I didn't want to feel like someone was sunning me. But see, that's emotion. And right. I don't necessarily feel like emotion and business are intertwined. Not all the time. And, you know, for me now, because I'm, you know, just going into a different place in my life, I'm ready right. for that networking situation where maybe I feel uncomfortable, but our comfort zone is has always been the detriment of human, of mankind. You have to be able to step out of your comfort zone and just say, listen, I'm just going to speak to this person and, you know. That's it. That's it. Like, you know, I'm not all even going to take a person. All they person. do is tell you yes or no. They could tell you yes or no, man. I mean- come with substance your approach is going to always change but at the end of the day you know you want to put yourself in that position you actually want to feel uncomfortable that was the only thing that made me okay with staying in connecticut that i knew that at some point i was uncomfortable enough that at some point i was going to change it but i want to make sure i changed it when everything made sense when the timing felt right when the opportunity felt right and not just to be changing and walking away because i was just that much uncomfortable but to allow that feeling of being uncomfortable, allow it to manifest in his own, in his own space. Like, it's okay. Right. Like, I know that I don't like this. I don't like the snow. I don't like these things, but I am going to still push forward. But this is going to be a reminder that this is not the end. Yeah. And, 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 and as long as you are able to dis- distinguish, you know, how much of an uncomfortable feeling you could bear with before you can just compartmentalize, set it to the side and stay focused. If you, as long as you could do that, then you're good. But in your for for you, dog, I will honestly say, if you felt uncomfortable to put yourself out there, then you recognize that was a challenge for you. But once you you did it and it worked, then you're less you're less you're less inclined to hesitate the next time, yep. right? It's the it's the hesitating for me, man. I, I you know I told this story not too long ago. I had a lot of hesitation because you know I I I don't know I I don't even think it's necessary, but I had to feel that. Now right. I know. I can't hesitate at this point in the game. Yeah, I, I got to be about my business, and we just going to make sure that we're prep, you know, prepared. And that's all I can do. I'm prepared. I'm going after it. If it don't work out, we keep it we keep it pushing, man. Because I got I got some things I want to do, man. You know, that's what I mean? real. You know, when you when you shoot those shots, people going some the people that actually remember you the most are the ones that were not able to 
find a common ground or um, give you a solution at the first shot. But they, some of those people are smart enough to know that they need to keep their eyes on you because they feel the talent. They feel the, the energy coming from you, right? And this has happened to me before where maybe the shot you took doesn't work out in that moment. But then down the line, they're watching and they're seeing you grow and develop. And then all of a sudden, you guys circle right back around because, again, the industry in my world, the, the sports ecosystem is, like I said, is relatively small. So that, that tends to happen a lot. So that's why sometimes you can't take that that first no. You still can't take that first no personal because it just, the timing may not just be right, you know? Um, right. But as long as you keep shooting. No doubt. All right. So, Steve, we talked we, we talked a little bit about the ups. Let me let me let, let me hear about some of the not struggles, but some of the challenges that you deal with working in this entertainment industry. What, what what are some of the challenges? And I mean, I could say, what's a, what, what's a challenge from a guy, you know, a, a black man from South Carolina? I, I could go that far. But what are some of the, of the challenges that you have faced in this this realm that you're in? Um, self-motivating. Uh, you have to continue to self-motivate yourself. Everybody's going to tell you you're doing excellent. You're doing great. And they're proud of uh, you. Gotcha. Gotcha. That, that can't be that. Everybody's going to tell you that you gotta, you gotta stay motivated beyond, beyond those affirmations. Um, I, I sometimes struggle, you know, with, well, I used to, I don't really have this problem anymore, but in the, in the past, I used to struggle with keeping myself motivated. And from the outset, I, I never really appeared complacent, yeah. but inside, you know, when it's just me or, you know, I'm, I'm in my personal space, I would struggle with continuing to be, you know, motivated to keep pushing forward. Well, you know, wow. and sometimes it, it, it would feel like I was just getting up, getting ready to run on a constant spindle and just go and, you know, jump off of it, get rest, eat, sleep, whatever, and go do it again. Um, until I figured out what really drove me, um, I, I, I saw myself getting lost a little bit in the, in the early stages of the game. And you, but, and I mean, it's, it's interesting to hear that, man, because that's a very honest statement about yourself. You know, it's, it's very honest because, yeah, I mean, you know, what, what, what success really, what, what is it? Like, is it, is it money? Because yeah, you already said, you right? It. You you already said at one point in time, you know, in your in your early time, you, you were getting money, but you were still yeah. very unhappy. Um, yeah. Could success be measured in the things that we have? Could it be, you know, awards or whatever? I think success should should be a continuing goal. You know, like when, I agree. once I knock down this goal, like like you are right now. What's next? <laughs> right. Like straight up, what what are we doing next? Like what because I I don't I I've never really felt this way in basketball because I'm I'm a, I'm a pretty hard critic of myself. Yeah. And now on the back end, I'm saying to myself, "Well, I did do some cool stuff, but when I'm in the when I'm in the grit and the grind of it all, I I, I haven't done right. enough." You know, right. so it's yeah, so it's interesting to hear you and and your very honest take on, yeah, man. Sometimes I f I feel like you know I did it. <laughs> like, 
Right. No, and it's not even. And some, it's some, some, some of it is that, but some of it is just like, like, I don't feel like doing this today, but I know that I could give less than fifty percent and be fine, Mm. and not, and and Mm. then get stuck into that thought process. And that and that's where the lack of self motivating gotcha. comes in. Gotcha. But 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 it, but sometimes it is exactly what you said. Sometimes it's like I just come came off of a really good production shoot, and it's like I'm good, man. Like vacation. What's next? I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Like, but it's it's I'm so I'm so focused right now. Like you know, and I know we're talking like we're kind of playing this this timeline game. Yeah, but, for sure kind of fast fast forward and like right now like i'm so i'm so motivated and focused by different factors like that old thought process is so far beyond me like right now my challenges are uh overworking to make sure i don't burn myself out although i feel great you know but making sure i take my rest my my stepping away from the projects that are that are hot right now being okay with stepping away from them and then coming back to them and knowing that i can still perform because a lot of times, you know, as of late, I've I've been able to achieve and set a goal and go get it, and and that, that can become addicting, right? And so, and you always be chasing that projects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm I, now I'm I'm trying to find the balance so that uh, yes, I'm getting you know very unique projects thrown my way. Can I physically and mentally take them on? Do I have the bandwidth or do I have the resources around me to execute them at a high level? Um, you know, it's it's the challenges of 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 being okay with saying no. Um, Ooh, that's being a big okay one. with yeah, being okay with checking myself so that I don't you know uh, come across you know burnout. So I'm now I'm efficient or inefficient across my entire you know portfolio, and then I'm no good. Um, and then it's also you know just making sure I, I I keep the people around me you know happy with with the moving around and the the meetings and the nonstop Zooms and phone calls, just making sure I'm, I'm able to, you know, take out time and be intentional into my personal life. And, and that's been a challenge as well. But, um, you know, it, understanding a challenge is, is just recognition. So now that I've recognized those things, just taking forth the action to improve them. Yep. And, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, things that keep going in the right direction where they will continue to improve. Yeah, I mean, in, in today's society, it's a lot of stuff going on that's really crazy. But one of the things that I... It's a lot. Yep. But one of the things that I do appreciate about society in general is we're starting to connect with our mental space for a lot of people. Absolutely. We're starting to connect with our mental space and we're starting to take time for ourselves, which should have been the situation... For a very long time ago, but you kind of get stuck in the in the rat race or the hamster wheel, if you mm-hmm. will. And uh, yeah. you know, I, I I'm also doing the same thing because I didn't have these mental checkups in a time that I needed them, and I burnt out. You know, yeah. so you know the fact that you you're taking some time out for yourself is really great. All right, Steve. So we talked about some of the challenges. Let's talk about that shiny thing. Sitting next to your right hand, what does it feel like for Stephen Morrison to receive an Emmy Award? Um, you know, this honestly is a reminder of what uh, staying in the moment and staying down would do for you. You know, this happened 
on my last year at ESPN. Not not the first nine or yeah, the first nine nine years or eight years, Ooh. six months. We didn't we didn't have any hardware to take home. I didn't have any hardware to take right. home. You know, obviously we won tons of awards and stuff like that, but um this is a reminder that you know, with the challenges and the deck is stacked really high, everybody that has poured into you to that moment, they believe in you to be able to overcome those challenges. Yeah. So, so, you know, in a global pandemic, there are no sports that are taking on, that are happening once we, you know, realize what the coronavirus was, right? Yeah. And so I was a part of a team that was able to go out there and still entertain our fans every single day without any live sports on for longer than I think eight months, maybe or something like that. Um, and so what happened was uh, throughout that period, I was able to put, you know, original content from AT on Sports Center. I remember uh, that booking, booking the the March of One Hundred One, you know, on Sports Center, uh, doing our HBCU month, doing very unique uh, interview bookings, um, projects to keep our fans entertained. And so the good people at the National Academy of Television of the Arts and Sciences <laughs> thought well enough to uh, give SportsCenter uh, an Emmy for those same uh, challenges with our outstand- outstanding studio show, 2020-2021. And uh, that's your boy with the producer credit right there. So to be from Orangeburg, <laughs> South Carolina, you know what I'm saying? That's talk that know. talk, Steve. You know, to be from Orangeburg, Tell South him. Carolina, it's... It, it is it is quite the honor because I know that there are at least there are, there are other Emmy winners from Orangeburg, but it's we it's less than ten of us, I'm sure. Yes. So it's it is uh it, it this is what you know the sacrifices in the summer mean uh, to my grandparents, to my family members that that took care of me, took me all these other different places to compete and be involved and you know stay in the right lane. You know this is for all the Sunday school teachers, the people I went to church with. You know, all those good five people um, that have poured into my life. This teachers. This for this everybody. You know, when I make this post on Facebook and, and I'm, my friends are widespread across those same people that I just mentioned, those same coaches, those same, you know, teachers, administrators, and community folks that have invested in me, but not just me, but other, others, excuse me, from the Berg, this represents them. You know what I mean? This, this is a representation of where I'm from. And so uh, – it is extremely an honor, and, and it's it's funny how things happen. I got the Emmy after I left ESPN, <laughs> but it came it came it came, it physically came in the mail. But I knew I was going to be a, a recipient of it. But I, I am extremely thankful for, um, you know the the grit and and the and the relationships forced uh, formed, you know, to get it done. And for everybody that received one, and all of my teammates out there, and, and all the relationships, like ESPN is is my family. They're always going to be family. I have a great relationship with with them, um, but you know, looking at this piece of hardware, I'm never going to forget uh, my time there, and I'm definitely never going to forget the last year and the hard work it took to you know accomplish that goal. The Sports Center had won an Emmy prior to that in quite some time, so it, it really it really meant a lot. Listen, you and you know your your coworkers, your you know your the, the creatives that you share this space with. You all are etched in history, and you know I gotta say, for me, I can't speak for anybody else. You know, listen, man, I'm proud of the work that you're doing. And when I saw you holding that Emmy, I was like, "Yes, 
sir. Like, let's go, man. Like that. No, that's really, really dope, man. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna win some more if I'm lucky. Hopefully, God will. Let's go. Let's go. I'm, I'm about manifestation, man. We'll talk. We, we, we we do some manifest, uh, some manifesting later on in the episode. So, so Steve, we we're gonna push forward, man. So you you're a guy that wears many hats, and in the beginning of the episode, I talked about hunger. So this is this is where I want to yeah. go. You know what I mean? I want to talk about proper kickback. You and <laughs> your guys, your brothers from another yeah. mother. Yeah. You guys start proper kickback, which provides just a positive experience, a, a positive party experience. It's not just the food. The food is banging. I haven't had it in a while. This this summer when I come home, I gotta put in an order. Um, but it's a, it's a, yeah, so tell me about proper kickback. It's definitely a catered social experience. Um, the food is a part of it. Uh, the human interaction in a in a, in a digital social world can be difficult, and so we want to create. You know, an experience where people want to interact with each other safely. You know, obviously, this was formed long before a pandemic, you know, showed its face. But we but it's right on like time. To, That's um, crazy. But it, it is. Man. It is. It's right. It's it's funny how that works, right? Yeah. Um, it's it took a couple of years for you know you know Matt came and we were doing these cookouts, these recipes, uh, that we called them back in the in the day, early early two thousands. I say early two thousands, but it's really like. 2011 2012 um and so we would do these these cookouts once once the summer like we always like right when the summer's about to end we'll kind of have this this good event and so proper kickback was born out taking that success to another level and you know matt is a long-standing licensed massage therapist and he wanted to intertwine our ability to entertain cook good food and offer certain uh, experiences, whether it be through esthetician care, through his wife, um, and Obey Essentials, or through proper kickback, uh, through the experience of, you know, everything that I just mentioned, uh, as far as, you know, our, with our vendors, our food experiences, our uh, massage therapists that work with us, and just making sure people are comfortable and, you know, having good vibes at all times, and eating well in the process, you know, yeah. playing a card game here, you know, different venues, you know, we did at an event at Stankonia, the legendary Outcast Studio in Atlanta, which is highly attended and uh, very well uh, reviewed and taken in by the by the good supporters that were there. So you know we were able to really grow it, and we're still growing, and we're changing the way that we're reaching and make you know allowing to create spaces rather to create spaces where people can interact and enjoy one another. That's our focus, and so right now I think we're going to look to do something over the summer and. You know, hopefully plan something for this uh geo that's coming up. Yeah, listen, man. Can can you guys plan something in, in July, early July? Cause you know I'm, I'm I gotta be I'm gonna be on a bird, you know. And every time you Word. I will say, man, every time you guys have something, I'm like, dang. Like, oh, I wish I could have been there for it. However, I'm gonna take it back. I remember the first event that you guys did. One of the first ones. Yeah, this is probably the first one, but I don't think it was yeah. I don't even know if it was a proper kickback at the time. I think you guys had put it together. That was just the recipe. Yeah, the yeah, recipe. Yeah, Columbia. Yeah, in Columbia. You, you. This yeah. was for proper kickback. You guys put together the recipe, and I was at one of the first ones. And what I will say, man, is like it was an experience. I, you know, I might have stayed too late. 
You know, we had a yeah. good time. It was, it was time. great energy, great people. It was just a total just experience. So the fact that you guys have laid down the blueprint and made it like real business now is amazing. And when I when I get home, man, I can't wait to uh wow. get get a couple trades going. You know what I'm saying? I, we, I would be I, I, I look, I appreciate you being down for the beginning. And that's and I would I would be um I would be ashamed or it would be, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't mention my boy Matt Tom and the hard work he put into it. It birthed proper kickback. So Ooh. you know, it's still growing. I got, I got some stories with Matt Tom, man. You know, he, Matt Matt and his family with Sage and his mom, they stayed across the street from my grandma. And yeah. we had some experiences playing basketball playing video games like man like yeah so the fact that and 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 this kind of goes into what i'm about to go into now um mm -hmm. the fact that you guys are doing it together so some of the people that i really appreciate and i really look up to I'm, i'll be honest in business are people and i and i might miss some people people like lebron james people like will yeah. smith you know like yeah. i i love the fact that there is a there is a point man you know he he's the guy, but he's able yep. to trickle down. Um, what's the word? Um, responsibilities to friends yeah. and family, put them in the correct yeah. position, and to see friends and family execute and just be successful in that space and go off to do their own thing. That is something that I strive to do. I want to I want to eat with my brothers. I want to yeah. eat. Absolutely. With my family. Like, I want to eat. Like, not just party and hang out. No, 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 no. Let's build some capital together. Let's right. build ideas together. And we can, we're going to do our thing together. But listen, go off and do your thing too. And when we come back to this table, we eating good. You know, like, so So the fact that you can share in this moment with, with your guys, man, like, it's super dope. That's, that's the... Uh... That's the that's part of the American dream, right? Like, you know, you you break generational curses and you do good things with good people um, that are that have some some strong shelf life. They have they have some some stability, you know, some legs. And uh, no, like you know, there are multiple ways in which we, you know, our different business and our passions intertwine or they overlap, and we just try to continue to build them to make sure that the momentum is is still pushing forward. Again goes back to what we talked about earlier. It's about having the right people in your circle that are going to motivate you. So, you know, if Matt Tom is is motivated by a proper kickback and he see enough in me or he saw enough in me to bring me to the table yep. to help add to it, to help push it forward. Yep. Okay, so how can how can we bring in Ralph and, you know, okay, now I'm booking Trevor to be our DJ and stink on you because yep. that's my man yep. and he's a good DJ. Yep. So if you could, if I can have one DJ that's going to, I'm going to put in this spot, in this space, and this uh, historic grounds of stink on you, it's got to be my brother because he embodies you know, the business now, now. Right, and then he now he can take his price up. And we can all market together. Everything you know is linked. Saying? So yep. it's yep. Every, everything is linked up, um, and that's just all part of the game. So you you know you got to have the right people in your circle pushing you forward, and you got to be able to take that criticism. And I think we do that well, and that's why we're able to sustain and keep pushing forward. So so we're talking about uh, Matt Thomas. You are yeah. also closely in business with his big brother, Sage Thomas, which Sage, of course, yeah. you know, he was across the street too. 
Um, the Dunk Master. Right. Yeah. So, you know, Sage Thomas, a.k.a. Dunk Master, the yeah. lead guy at In-N-Out Customs, he has ascended into the stars in terms of big dunk racing. Sports. You know, for my All European right. listeners, you know, these are custom yeah. cars with big tires on them, but they're really fast. Yeah. What's the how, – how do you kind of just – transfer your abilities at ESPN to what he is now doing or what he was doing at In-N-Out Customs at that time? Uh, it's it's really simple. Um, you know, speaking of your European listeners, number one, I'm going to talk about broadcast for a second. We, I think you guys should get top gear on the BBC network out there. We'll be, we'll be in the episode or don't master be an episode of top gear coming on it's time. at some point. It's I don't time. Know. Yeah, that's gonna be way. major. It, 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 yeah, it was nice, nice little episode is out there. You know, we broke that deal uh, over here at the Morrison Group. But, uh, but no. So <laughs> seriously, what it is is that uh, I'm stupid. What it is is that, uh, like early on in Sage's career, uh, he wasn't on the internet. He didn't have a presence on the internet. He knew I was uh, going into broadcasting, but he also knew that I wanted to be an agent and uh, or a sports agent. So I went back and got my master's. You know, at the A and T. And so when I went and got my master's, he started to up his his popularity and his uh his his influence started to, to increase tremendously, right? I'm talking about he's getting like twenty thousand new followers on Instagram every two months. He's getting these different influences, these different athletes. Everybody wants to be with him, and you know, there's other marketing and business development that's starting to happen organically that's taking form and. You know, he recognized that he wanted somebody to help broker those deals and opportunities, especially in racing. When you know, in racing, a lot of a lot of your um, your success is based off of your sponsors and your partners, right? And so that affords you the opportunity certain, to get more um, tools for your car and you know parts tools, and all these you know, resources. Parts, all these things are very yeah. expensive resources for sure. You're traveling around from South Carolina to Texas, and you know. California to Florida to Georgia, you're doing all this traveling, and and so someone has to be there to help make sure the business is always as green as it could be, and so that's that's my job is to you know get into the business of his of his name, image, and likeness, and make sure that he is being leveraged and compensated, you know, based on the celebrity that he grew organically uh, through the good advice and consultation over the years through people like myself, his other manager, his family, his sister. Um, his brothers and, and everybody has poured it to him positively from day one until now. So I've been down with say it's just the very beginning of in and out customs, but I was in Connecticut uh, at the time, you know, learning what I could learn as much as possible uh, at ESPN. But then there was a time where I came back home, you know, things started to open up around uh, 2016, 2015, 2016. And so with all that stuff started opening up, it was like, I just told him exactly what I could do to be, uh, a positive, you know, person, an asset. you know, in his corner or his team, an asset. Yeah. yeah. An asset. And then, you know, it, it's funny because our worlds are relatively close to being um, intertwined there as well in this, you know, sports marketplace ecosystem, NASCAR, um, all these projects I were working on, you know, to a degree already at ESPN, I just pivot and just have a different conversation with him, bring in the tools I learned at Georgetown, bring in the tools and the resources I grew throughout my last couple of years at ESPN and then go into the marketplace with all these different, um, you know, all this different weaponry that I can go now and, and leverage for myself and for my clients. And so in his case, 
it's been a very, very successful uh, business relationship for the last couple of years. And uh, it's only up from here. We're doing a lot of big things. Listen, and it's, and it's also amazing that you and so Sage is naturally charismatic. The very charismatic yep. individual, and the the fact that you all can couple his charisma, his business mm -hmm. acumen, his work ethic, along with your business acumen, your work ethic, and your ability to network, and now makes this amazing relationship, which you know I'm sure you guys are you know eating the fruits. Oh, it's, it's dangerous. Yeah, you're it's eating the fruits. It, you know? it looks from the outside, from the outside, those that don't know what's really going on, it looks like we always want to know. We always, it's always another positive story coming out, or you know, we're uh, here's the next deal, here's the next partner. And for the racer culture, they don't really, they don't care about all that. But for us, we know it because we're getting it out the mud, and we're we're going into these meetings, and we're doing these things with no blueprint. We're creating it as we go. It means something. Yeah. Um, and 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 all we're doing is taking the the growth. And the recognition and pouring it right back into the culture to make that experience better. So, you know, Sage is, is the face. He's going to have haters. He's going to have people that's going to disagree with him. All this, that, and the third. It's my job to keep him level-headed and to help his business continue stay to grow. Stay the course. And, and to stay the course. Yeah, like I'm, I've been with, you know, he's no different than a, a pro athlete that's either Hall of Fame bound or or athlete that may have fallen off their horse and gotten back on and, and now they're headed in the right direction. Different stories, different experiences, but like you said, when we all come together, you know, it, it was it, it appears that we're winning a lot, and it's because we are humbly, but it's because we've been through things individually, and we're bringing all of our resources together, and we're leaving our egos at the door, mm -hmm. and so we're you know we're fighting passionately for each other. So if I'm writing ten deals a day for my my nine to five, you know, across the athlete marketplace, and I'm learning these different strategies, I'm going to pour right into what I'm doing with Sage personally and make him even more marketable or even more, um, you know, advantageous to what we're doing together because I've, I've been through the ringer. I'm, I'm already experienced in doing, you know, contracts heavy over here. So why wouldn't I take the same um, knowledge and the same energy and approach the same thing when we get opportunities coming our way? And that's why we're getting licensing deals with a cool uh, name licensing deals through video games, uh, other you know, business endeavors on the West Coast, um, you know, major business endeavors on the South, uh, creating, you know, his own merch. Hello. And, you know, wearing, wearing the merch and, 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 and doing things that are positive in the racing community to show that, hey, yeah, we're some minorities. This is not traditional racing, but we're organized. We have the NDRA. We have, we have sectioning bodies in place and marketers in place and, and investors in place. And we're doing collaborations with, you know, huge influencers, rappers, entertainers, other racers. Everything looks right because we're doing it the right way and because we're doing it for each other. And so that's what, uh, that's a part of my uh, my portfolio that I really pride myself in a lot because, you know, it's not just a business client, it's family that I'm building. Family, with. yeah. And it's more, there's more family involved in what we're doing in this space. And, you know, everything that we produce and everything that we put out there, it means more to us because, we're building it together, and that's important. Man, I remember having a conversation with Sage at the spot right across the street from South Carolina State. We were there, yeah, and uh, we yeah. were just breaking breaking bread, building. And you know, he was like, "Man, I got this thing happening, man. I'm, this thing is gonna blow up." And he said this a long, long time ago. So the fact that yeah, we're seeing this thing now moving and grooving, 
it tells you that manifestation is real. So, Steve, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go to one of we we could bounce around and go to all of the endeavors that you you are involved with, but you're now Stephen Morrison, the founder of the Morrison Group Consulting Agency and Marketing Firm. I'm reading this because I want to make sure that I don't mess it up. You know what I'm saying? So so tell me about the Morrison Group. Um, you know, the Morrison Group is really uh, me taking all the things that we discussed here and putting them in a pot and cooking it. Yeah. Um, my, my time, my time at Verizon Wireless, my time, even taking it back further at Belt, just interacting with people, sales, my time at ESPN, the business of sport, the Rolodex of different athletes and different producers. And then um, what I'm doing right now, you know, in my present day of, of procuring athletes for paid campaigns through my nine to five or not my nine to five, my, my, my full time of one team partners. Um, and so the Morrison group is, is an LLC um, that would soon be an escort for business reasons okay. <laughs> um, that I, that I put into play uh, that will allow me to go out into the marketplace and, and leverage my, my experience, my Rolodex, my influence, my broadcasting uh, experience specifically, and my, some of my sales experience and put them all together and, uh, you know, negotiate services uh, that are needed from particular clients that have sought out um, our expertise, uh, which, you know, kind of we stand on the broadcast procurement and signing of talent. We stand on the talent booking and content ideation. We stand on the excuse me, overall client management, uh, that client management, for instance, what we just discussed with Sage and business development yep, yep. Um, and and, thing, and and media oversight. So the Morrison Group is a full uh, 360 marketing firm. And based on our negotiations with potential clients, we cater um, our services to what your needs are. And then we specialize in exceeding those goals at a very fast rate. And so we're just a resource consultant agency, and we, we pretty much handle a little bit of everything. Steve, man, I love it, man. I love it. It's, I mean, no website. We're not on the, we're not on the web. No website. I, I pride my, I pride myself on that too. We'll have one soon, but that's so not y'all, important. Y'all right? pulling up? <laughs> they know nah, we pull, we pulling up. <laughs> people, people, people know how to find me. Uh, the good business I've had thus far, um, my, with my, my top tier clients have been. Um, humbling and certainly appreciative, but they've come by way of the of the marketplace and being out into the into the industry for so long. You know, people move around a lot in this business, and when you do good work, good business karma, as I spoke about earlier, they're going to always remember that. And so, when people are in higher positions or different positions, and they know that you are one of the best of the best in what you do, they're going to come back to you for opportunities. And so. Thanks. When the Morrison Group launched two years ago, I sat on it for a year. And then this past year, you know, I was fortunate enough to work with uh, Madison Square Garden Networks, MSG, MSG Networks. MSG out of New York. Yeah. So we did a, a six-month deal, two, three-month stints, um, where I was just procuring their talent uh, for all their sports betting uh, portfolio that was launching. And now it's wide open in New York City. And so that was really special because, I mean, look, I wasn't necessarily looking again just staying ready 
you know, what we talked about earlier. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. And networking and, you know, so somebody shot, they shot with me. I answered the phone, happened to be a VP of content over there. She was like, look, come over here. I got a conversation we need to have. I flew to New York City, negotiated a deal. And before I knew it, uh, we were signing and, you know, my people were in touch with their people and the money started moving across the wire. Hello. <laughs> and, and that's all. And that's all. <laughs> and that's, and that, and, that was, and, that, and that's all it took. So, but you know, not, nah, and seriously, my clients that I have now are coming off of that, coming off of that momentum. And so that, that momentum um, of, of doing good business with MSG turned into, you know, other clients that I'm actually working with right now um, to come and knock on the door the same way. So, you know, I'm thankful. I'm, I'm putting some people in position to learn some things that are entering the business early. But the Morrison Group is, is you know, one one man, myself, um, you know, all of my colleagues that have uh, been willing to be a lending resource. I don't call them employees because I don't employ anyone. I have partners that okay. are willing to pour in their resources okay. that we share, um, you know, the residuals from. Um, into the Morrison group because I'm able to go and go get the business. So uh, for my partners that are working with me, uh, we lean um, and, you know, lean on, we lean into women. This is a, this is a woman's own uh, production company I'm wearing right now. Gonna do it Not, anyway. Don't have anything to do with, gonna do it anyway. Uh, mile, shout out to Mile 44, my good people in Los Angeles. I'll see y'all again in a couple of weeks. But I believe in pouring into women, like whether it's, um, you know, from a WNBA standpoint or, you know, our girls basketball team coming up was always uh, dominant and just women's sports and women in the, in the, in the sports industry, they get things done. And so my, my colleagues, while they're not all from the sports background that contribute to the Morrison group, they are all like different, um, you know, people that are highly influential and highly dominant in their particular space. So whether that space is, uh, you know, chief of staff or diversity and inclusion or talent procurement, you know, I'm lean, I lean on them heavily. And I'm sure at some point I will have, um, you know, bring in some partners that are additional men, but I thought it'd be my best interest to build it the way I need to build it first. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I have some other dominant, you know what I'm saying? Bravado. Try to no, tell no, me no. what I got going yeah, on. Yeah. You know, you know how it is. No, yeah. I, definitely. And I mean, shout out to the women who hold us down. Shout out to the women. You know, the reason why I'm able to sit here and have this conversation with you, it came from my wife. Absolutely. My wife told me to do this three or four years ago, but I wasn't ready. I didn't see the vision. And then I got the vision and I look back to her to say, dang, you saw this in me yep. before I saw it in me. You know, so shout right. out to the women who are here taking business and pushing and shout, pushing shout us. Out. Shout out to the women. Shout out to the wives. Though. I couldn't I could not have accomplished any of these lofty goals I'm talking about without my wife holding me down and, and not just holding me down, but sometimes it's just allowing the space that I need to operate. Yeah. Just, just letting okay, us breathe and being, and, and yeah. being okay with yeah. it. Yeah. Like I, I, yeah. like that, that doesn't get, that doesn't get, you know, spoken on, um, you know, enough, you know? Um, so I, I can't, um, I cannot continue on without, you know, I, I acknowledging that part of it as well. No like doubt. you said, it's, it's very important and it's certainly needed. No, no, no doubt. My wife is keeping our kids quiet right now, like holding it down. But all right, Steve. So we're moving towards the end of this yeah. episode, man. And, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. I always I know that time is currency and you give me your time, man. But I got three more questions for you. Um, listen, so right. 
First, what what is a dream scenario for you? That could be personal, that could be business, however you want to, you know, formulate this. What's the dream scenario? Like everything is perfect. What what's that? What's that look like for you? Oh man. Um house somewhere tucked away, family multiplied, profitable and healthy healthy. Um you know, individual success, financial freedom. Um, because I you know, we think we tend to have it now, but are we truly free? Um, you know, legacy. Mm-hmm. Legacy, 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 like that. Like what is it gonna look like when I'm when I'm when I'm all when I'm all when my time here is done? Um, what are they gonna remember me for? Right. What is that what is that dash in the middle? What 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 did I do in between those two dates? You know, um so those are things that are that give me pause when I think about um what is what is the perfection looks like. But honestly in all that, as long as there is happiness. Yes. As long as, as long as there is pure joy and happiness within um those 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 pillars that I mentioned, and that's all that's all that really that's 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 it. I mean, you know, my family is there and and uh you know, I, I have something that that cemented into the influence. Like I don't have to be Steve Jobs and change the world completely, but as long as I could do enough right, to where right, it was a right. strong enough impact, you know, um, you know, one of my goals is to have my name on one of those builders at No Kind of Anti. You know, I got a lot of work to do before I can do Hello. that. But that's no. that's that's. Listen, the reason why I'm asking you this, the reason why I'm asking you this stuff, man, is because manifestation is real, and even yeah. for myself, I didn't dream big enough. You know, I yeah. Example. When I created this, I got the vision. And what I said to myself is, man, I'm just gonna do nine episodes and I'm just gonna cut it for the summer. Yeah. I got a call from a friend of mine who linked me with two other individuals, actually three. And you know, you and I had this conversation. I said, Steve, man, I think I want to do something in the summer where I can meet you in person. And when I got yeah. that email from my friend Layden Williams, um, he's he's closely related and he's in the same space as you. Um, but um when when I connect when Layden sent sent me that email, I said to myself, I, I was thinking too small. Yeah. I, I was I, I and and at that point, I expanded my vision. I said, "Listen, I'm just going to start reaching out to more people, because yeah. I don't know, man. Like it, it's it's something about that manifestation. I think if I would have said to myself, I'm going to do it this way, and and thought bigger, I probably would have took it on. But I really was thinking like this, you know, because yeah. I didn't really, I I couldn't see everything." shaping in the way that it did, man. So that's that's why I asked you that question, man, because I mean, I'm sure you do it for yourself. You put it on your whiteboard, you talk about it with your wife and your family, your friends. But you know, I love to hear people just put put that information out, you know, on the show, man, because it does something for me, you know, like to let me know, yeah. like, listen, don't don't settle. You know? Yeah, no, and there and there are a lot of steps to get there. I, I think I gave you the end, what the end looks of like. Course, but, of course, of course. You know, it's it's go grow my business and get more clientele and and do good work in the business and hopefully sign a a legendary deal for a client 
or whether it be Sage, or athlete, or whoever, you know, wherever that, wherever my career takes me. But that's that's what it is. Like the end goal is legacy, happiness, you know, peace and tranquility on a house on the hill somewhere. My dogs can run around and we could be great. No doubt. All right. So on, you know, for the now, what's next for Stephen Morrison? What's next for Morrison Group? What's what's coming next? Anything that you can offer that you you know you don't have under wraps yeah. until you know. Yeah, um, a lot of NDAs out there. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm uh, I'm still in the middle of like you know shooting these campaigns and these different uh, you know activation assets. So I'm bouncing back and forth to LA for a while. It's New York City in my future for uh, another client out there. Um, it's just to keep grinding, man. Like. I'll pop up every now and then, do some social media promo and then get missing. And uh, then you see, and then I'll pop up again where I'm at my destination. So a lot of that, but for the most part, it's, you know, making sure my deals are right, making sure my, my deliverables within those deals are being executed, um, going out and getting more as race season is upon us. So, you know, getting back to the racetrack with Sage. Oh, yes, sir. Um, but uh, it's just grinding and making sure I'm planning out my week over weeks uh, down to the day over day and, you know, not stretching myself too thin. So this is this is my fun period right here. This is uh, getting into April, May, June is where, you know, all of my my vertex or my verticals rather businesses are like going up. Gotcha. And they're they're all. Yeah. So it's like it's a good time for me right now. It's, it's a fun time. Man, hopefully I can catch you uh, in the summer, man, because we're planning a summer trip. So hopefully, man, I can catch you while you're on the go, man. Maybe we could uh, share a glass of red wine or a meal or something, man. You know, we we, we have to got to meet up, man, and, and get this thing going, man, and politic a little bit, man. But before uh, before I check out Steve, man, let let everybody know where they can follow you, and um, you know, just promote your socials if you're into that. If you're not, you know, just keep it light, and then you know, we do what we do. Oh, I got you, I got you, man. Well, I, I made it easy, man. At Steve Mo Nine. Right here, just right here, right there. You can uh, you can find me anywhere with at Steve Nine across the internet, Twitter, Instagram. That's where I spend most of my time. Also LinkedIn. Spent a lot of time on LinkedIn. A lot of deals are done on LinkedIn, man. Um, the Morrison Group. We're, we're in the shadows right now, and, and that's what we want to be. Um, you know, we get business through relationships, and we keep our business uh, relatively private until there's time to promote certain endeavors. Uh, but you know, Steve Morrison, Steve Mo is what they call me. You can find me everywhere on social media, uh, manager, athlete relations, the one team partners, getting everything, doing everything on behalf of the athlete to make sure they're paid for their name, image, and likeness, and opening up my marketing expertise in the consulting world through the Morrison Group. So social media, um, I'm very responsive, and uh, if you're in Charlotte, I'm always down to uh, get a beverage if I'm here. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Lock in. Yeah, no, we gonna we gonna lock it in, man. But listen, man, Steve, thank you for your time, man. Thank you, thank you, thank Bro. you, man. Like this is this is awesome, it, man. You you didn't have to, but but you did, man. You came through, man. And listen, I, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Nah, thank you, man. Thank you for the opportunity and the platform. I hope I didn't speak in circles too much. I hope it was some good information dropped. And uh, looking forward to doing it again. And, uh, you know, hey, shout out to you for creating and taking a risk and, and building your own platform, man. That, that, that can be very scary and challenging, but the way in which you're doing it, hats off to you, dog. Keep grinding, bro. Man, thank you. So, ladies and gentlemen, 
before I check out, you know I have to drop that jewel. Ladies and gentlemen, it costs nothing to be good to someone, so be good to someone today. I'm Rob Fields. He's Steve Mo, Stephen Morrison. You already know. And you guys have been on the couch. We'll check in on the next one. Thank you, and we'll holler at you. Peace.